Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I just, you know, we're singing about a resurrected king and he's given us victory. Victory for what? More territory. That's what Gadarenes was about when he delivered the man who was possessed full of demons was taking territory. That man ended up changing 10 providences after that. It was about taking territory. When Jesus came from heaven to earth, I preached about this on Good Friday and second service. He came from earth, he came from heaven to earth to take territory. He said, now the earth will be my footstool. He came to take territory. And, and, and now he's given us a place of victory to walk in that and take more territory. And let me ask you a quick random, weird, almost question. How wide is your seat? Seat, is it, Jeremy, tell me literally how many inches? 16 inches. It's, it's, it's sad to see us be in a place of anointed victory and not take any more territory than 16 inches. And we, we think we're going to change the world with this. But God said, hey, you better get, get out of my way, Josh. Move out of my way. We need a bigger building. I need some more room. Get out of my way. I want to worship. I want to shout. I want to jump. I want to take some territory. I want to push somebody. If somebody's not worshiping next to you, push them out of the way and say, you better make room for me because I came to worship. I came to worship. I came to give God glory. Glory in the high. Oh, I want to read a scripture. Mark chapter 1, verse 9 through 11 says this, And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately, everybody say immediately. immediately. Didn't even catch this first service. Immediately, what happened? Coming up from the water, as he came up from, came up from, as he came up from the buried water, the water that covered him, the darkness he was in, as he came up from the water, the Bible says that he saw the heavens parting and the spirit descending upon him like a dove. And the voice came from heaven and said, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now media team, help me. Go, go to Mark chapter 1, verse 10, and now put it in NIV. There we go. And now this is the title of my message, so I want you to see this. So look at the screens. And for those who are online, it's on your screen too. It says, Jesus, just as Jesus was coming up out of the water. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm coming out of the water. He saw heaven being, whoa, what happened? The Holy Spirit took it. Heaven, he saw heaven being torn open. I want to talk to you about a torn heaven today. He saw heaven torn open and the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove. And the Bible says that he saw heaven open, but they heard God speak. There are miracles, signs, and wonders, and blessings that God is about to open up over your life, and you're going to see it, and everybody's going to hear about what God's about to do. Miracles, miracles, miracles. Holy Spirit. Help me preach. Amen. Be seated. I don't have time to pray a long-winded prayer. I, I want to preach to you today. So get your notebooks and Bibles out because we're a note-taking church. We're an expressive church. We're a church that knows how to give a good. Yeah. Hallelujah. Uh, amen. And we know how to take notes because we're both reflective and expressive. And it's two of the greatest pieces of your life is 
in psychology, they're going to teach you this is, and hopefully you go, everybody should see a counselor. Don't go see a counselor when everything's falling apart. Go see a counselor to make sure things don't fall apart, okay? Go see, a, in fact, go see a good Christian counselor and that will help you. Most people, the stigma in church used to be, you know, when you're crazy, you go see a counselor. No, 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 no. I want to be healthy in my mind and in my heart and in my spirit. And I do a lot of things I do because I am being preemptive rather than reactive. Amen. So uh, I say that because every counselor is going to tell you this two things. Always be reflective and expressive. Have an inlet, have an outlet. Always make sure you take time to process and make sure time you make room. Somebody say make room. What a lot of people don't understand is that uh, you have been trained at some point early in your childhood that there's not enough room for you. And it's going to get real quiet for just a minute because this is going to hit a lot of people. At some point, there's a memory in your child when, when, when you were younger that somebody said, we don't have time for that. That somebody said, hey, just suck it up, let's keep moving forward. That somebody said, no, 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 we don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't show them we're crying, we just keep moving. And at some point, somebody told you don't express. And so we've trained up an entire group of people that no wonder we, when everything hits the fan, we just explode with emotion because we have been told to keep it in instead of express it. Church is the place you should express it. You're mad at the world? Come and let us know. You're mad at God? Come in here. God ain't going to be mad at you for being mad at him. Come in. You got issues? You got problems? You got frustrations? You got love issues? You got marital issues? You got relational? Come to the church. The church isn't for the weak, according to Snoop Dogg. The church is for every single person who needs God in their life. We need, to, we need to be a healthier church in every dimension. And, and we need to see the scripture for truly what it is. It's a multidimensional. It's, it's more than 3D. It's more than 4K. It's, 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 it's embracing and magnifying who we are within the text and seeing the full canon of scripture tied together in harmony and not just separately into individual pieces and sections. There's not a section in here that's just for old people and a section that's for young people. There's a lot of people wanna, want me to only preach certain parts of the Bible because this is the adult service. And yet I want to talk about David and Goliath sometimes because Sunday school's good for it and you're good for it too. Because the Bible doesn't have, it's not a discriminatory place. There's not a, pay, uh, there's not a chapter for black people and a chapter for white people. There's not a black God and a white God. There's not, there's not a democratic God and a Republican God. There's not, there's not a democratic piece of the Bible and a Republican piece of the Bible. There's not a conservative and a liberal part. When I look at the Bible, I need to see it through the lens of Christ and I need to see it for the full dimension in which it is. And in the canon of scripture, the entire scripture is living and breathing the manifested word of God on earth. It is impunable. And I'm getting loud. You might want to turn me down. I can definitely get loud on my own. But I see that the word of God is coming to life in this text that we come to Easter to celebrate a risen savior. But yet in the beginning of Mark, when it all starts, we see him baptized, and yet it still paints the same picture that it does at the end of Mark. In the beginning of Mark, we see Jesus start his ministry by being baptized. Now, Jesus, for those who don't know, was born of a virgin Mary. And he was born a little baby in a little barn. And that cute little boy grew up, and we hear about him for a little while until he was about 12 years old. And then we don't hear very much about him at all. Nothing. Obscurity. 
18 years of silence and nothing. And then all of a sudden, Jesus comes walking on the scene all the way to the Jordan where John the Baptist has been preparing the way. And Jesus decides, you know what? We should fulfill all righteousness right now and that I should be baptized by your hand, that we would fulfill the manifested word of God in the earth prophetically and historically. And I'm going to speak it. And so he gets in there and they baptized him. And when he comes up out of the water, the Bible says, and the heavens were torn open. I want to talk to a church that wants an open heaven above you because there's two types of people in here. There's people who have never experienced God and you've never heard the voice of God. And God is saying, when you go down and you come back up and you're born again, you're going to experience an open heaven again. And you are going to be born again into a new life as a new creation and a new spirit. I I've got something fresh for you. For those of you who've been living for Jesus for a long time and you have been wondering why, when was the last time I had an open heaven? heaven in my life. I'm here to show you how to get an open heaven in your life. Because when Jesus had this ministry time take place, he went and walked three years. And he had three of the most powerful years on this earth that we're still talking about 2,000 years ago. In fact, they said that they would not be able to contain all of the things that Jesus did in all the books of the world if they wrote them all down. And so what they did is they said, we'll just tell some of the stories. So every story leading up by the Holy Spirit paints more than just one picture. And this picture, if you only see water, you're missing the full picture of what it could be. And it's a transformational piece for your life. It's about the death, burial, and resurrection. I want you to say that with me. Death, burial, resurrection. Say it one more time. Death, burial, and resurrection. I, I believe that this death, burial, and resurrection is the hinge on which your door swings for life. It is literally the pivotal moment on what everything balances on, and you will see it through the entire canon of Scripture as we unpack this message today, that you have to see the tremendous power of death, burial, and resurrection. I'm preaching, and some of y'all don't even know I'm preaching yet. Death, Burial and resurrection is not something we just come to celebrate what Jesus did. It's something we came to partake in. I'm going to go a little bit further. You want to go further with me? Go to Genesis chapter 1. Let's go all the way to the beginning. Let's go all the way to the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, real easy to find. If you can't find Genesis, you may not go to heaven. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. I apologize. Genesis chapter 1, first page, guys. Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 and 12, it says this, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and then the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, and the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its own kind. And God saw that it was... Oh, y'all are ready today... It was good. Somebody say, it was good. Just smile. I know it's Easter. Some of y'all look way too formal out there. I'm dressed up, but remember, I'm still crazy. I'm still wild. I'm not, I look fancy today, but I'll get messed up here in a minute. And, and, and I, I, I want you to see this because some of you are saying, Pastor, you just read about baptism. We're here to celebrate about a risen Savior, and now you're talking about seeds. I don't think you, I, you, I think you read the wrong scripture. I think you found the wrong passage, young man. You haven't lived long enough for the Lord. You're just not gray-haired enough to understand. No, this passage is perfectly appropriate. 
and it's going to show you the same thing that I showed you in the beginning with Mark. And it's the same thing that Jesus did on the cross in the grave and resurrected power. It's the same principle, and it continues to show it because what we have to do, again, what did we start with? Reshaping how we see God. Because sometimes what we see God as is this reactionary God. God is showing up and saying, oh, what? Oh, what? Huh? COVID? Oh, oh. wait right there. I'll be right back. I got a plan. And he goes and goes and tries to fix it. Or, or no, you, God, you have no idea how much sin is in my life. And we're like, oh, we shot. Some of you think you shot God with how much you sin. Let me just tell you, God ain't shocked by your sin. And God is not surprised by any question that the devil may pose on him. And God is not reacting but responding with the plan that he had from the very beginning. And Jesus wasn't just coming to say, hey, you know what? Baptism might sound good. He was coming to say it was the plan before you even knew there needed to be a plan. Before you showed up and chaos hit your life, I had a plan for your life, a purpose for your life, a hope for your life, a future for your life. And I know I'm preaching to somebody's heart. It's beginning to stir inside of you because this is not going to be a quiet Easter Sunday. You are going to leave here on fire and the heavens are going to open and God is going to pour out his spirit on you. And instead of just being a, a, a person who shows up to church and watches church, you are going to become the body of Christ. But you're going to have to see it through these pit. Oh, I'll prove it to you. Some of you think, oh, it's just the seed. But before I explain the seed, let me go even further back. Say, go on back. How many grew up in church like old school preacher? They say, go, go on back, preacher. Oh, yeah. Where are you going? Going on back. And you take it on back, preacher. And you go all the way back, all the way back to where? To the beginning. And it says right here in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. God was a baptizer before you knew what baptism was. And the earth was baptized before you knew what the earth could be. And God said, then what did he say? Because he said, then let me part the waters, bring forth the firmament. And what did he do? He said, let me take what was separated, now pull it apart, bring new life, resurrect something and establish life. God was a baptizer and he knew the power of death. Resur I think many of you are missing the concept of death. I'm looking out there and you think, no, that doesn't say death in there. Do you know what death means in the Bible? All throughout the Bible, when you see the word death, it does not mean the cessation of, which means end. It means the separation of. Okay? Death throughout all of Scripture means the separation of. And it literally means when you die, you're not ending, you're not done, I'm done. I may not be able to operate in the capacity in which you are comfortable and familiar with, but my body is still there existing, but my spirit is alive in heaven. I'm just separate from, that's why God used the term, he says you are spiritually dead because you are separate from me. And sep death is a separation of. And so he parted and he separated the waters and he brought forth new life because there needs to be some death, some separation in our life. When you want to see the power of the resurrection of God, you ought to start expecting dead things to pop up around you every once in a while. Something needs to die. Oh, shout it. Something needs to die. Come on, say it if you believe it. Think about the person you don't like and say, something needs to die. No, I'm just kidding. We, we, 
We, we better get loud about something because you know what? This is why we got people showing up to church every week and showing up every week and getting resaved every week. And oh man, I lived my crazy life and now I'm back again and I'll try to get connected to God because you never let the old thing die to begin with. And when you want to get resurrected with Christ, you got to let some things die in your life. I thank God for dead things because nothing can be resurrected lest it be dead first. So I can't experience the power of the resurrected Savior unless I I die to begin with. Oh, I'm preaching. You're just not responding as well as I'm preaching because when you hear this and you catch on to the power of the death that needs to take place in our life, that says, you know what? I need to let some things separate. I need to let go of some stuff. I need to let go of that old man, those old ways, those old thoughts, those old feelings, those old plans. Those old, I need to let some things go. I need to expect some things to die in my life. I need to let them go. Oh, be weary of anybody who tries to stop you from allowing things to die in your life. P Peter came before Jesus. Oh, we can't let you die. He said, get behind me, Satan. Because when you stop somebody from dying, you stop somebody from resurrecting. When you stop somebody from laying down. When was the last time you came to church and laid down your life? The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 that we ought to become a living sacrifice laid before the Lord. I count it all joy when I face trials of many kinds because it will prove my perseverance. But to live as Christ, to die is gain. I need to let go. I, I, to be absent in body, but in this is to be a present in spirit with the Lord. Paul continues to teach us that something has to be dead. Something has to let go. Oh, but we want, we want the good stuff. But we, I want the new life, but I don't want to let go of the old life. I want a new church, but I don't want to let go of the way I knew church. I, I want a new city of Flagstaff to really thrive for the kingdom of God, but I don't want to let go of what I knew Flagstaff to be. I want, a, I want a new city, a new city. Oh, we want a new nation to turn their hearts back to God, but I, don't, I want my old nation too. I want, I want to keep the old. The old has to die. And that's why he gives us the illustration of the seed in the beginning. Why does he do that? Because he says, hey, look, every time you need an apple tree, I'm not going to create another apple tree. <laughs> Did you know God's smarter than you? <laughs> He's like, look, we're going to do this. I'm not going to keep coming down and doing this. So he says, I'm going to give you a tree. And then what's going to happen is I'm going to let that tree produce fruit. And out of that fruit, that fruit is going to then fall, separate fall to the ground and then die. And when it dies, then that encasement that comes off the seed then will be buried and then from that seed will become a tree. Don't mourn when you lose the apple. You got a tree on the way. Don't mourn. If you see me, if you see me die on this side, start rejoicing because that means I've shown up on the other side. If oh, for, if you can catch on to this, death will no longer have a sting in your life. You'll never be fearful of death or hold on the grave because you know that you have overcome death, hell, and the grave through the blood of Jesus Christ. It wasn't just something Jesus did for me. It's what I can be a part of myself because I can die. Because if you can be buried with him, you can be risen with him. But we got a church full of people who wants to show up every Sunday and we want to act like we don't have to die today. Oh, you got to die every day. That's why he says daily pick up your cross and follow me. Why? Because he's saying I, today something's going to die. I want something new so something's got to die. And if something's got to die, then it's got to be buried. I wonder if anybody is buried in obscurity, buried in a dark place where everybody says, we'll see if you make it. 
You ever been there? I've been there. I've been in a moment where they said, we'll see. We'll see if you ever come out of that. We'll see if your kids ever get through that. We'll see if you get past that cancer. We'll see if you come out of that on the other side. We'll see if you ever get through that. And the dark dauntingness of the grave that has a hold on you, all on the third day, Jesus knew that something was about to change. And when the sun came up in the early morning, the Bible says he blew that stone away and walked right out. And he said, you know what? I am the resurrection and the power. I have power over death, hell, and the grave. Oh, church, I'm going to preach today because if you learn how to speak when you're dying, you can speak when you're coming up. Oh, no, no. If you can learn how to speak correctly when you're dying, right, Tony? When you're dying, what did, what did Jesus say? When he, first off, he said, get behind me, Peter. Don't ever stand between me and what I got to pay. You're going to stop me from my resurrection if you stop me from my death. But he said to Pilate, he said to Herod, he said to everybody else, you can't take my life. Unless I lay it down, I will rise it up. You tear the temple down, I'll raise it back up in three days. Because Jesus knew how to talk to death. Jesus knew how to walk up to Lazarus' tomb and say, Lazarus, come out of that grave. Come out of that grave, Lazarus. Come out of that grave. Oh, who am I preaching to in the back? Am I touching somebody? Because you got to hear what God is speaking to you today, that when you start looking at the darkness itself, the difficulties of life, the strenuous of life, all the attacks of the enemy, and you can say, oh, no, 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 I'm not letting you take me today. You're going to learn my voice because believers need to learn how to speak. And if you cannot speak to death and the grave which Christ has already overcome, how can you speak to your new circumstance which you cannot, you can't reconcile how God knows what you're going through. The Bible doesn't talk about meth addiction. The Bible doesn't talk about these different difficulties. How do I know he can, I know he can handle that because he handled this. I know I can speak to that because he spoke to this. And I can speak to the death. I can speak to the grave. I can speak to addiction. I can speak to poverty. I can speak to cancer. I can speak to every ail of the world. Oh, yeah. Yep. Is this good, Max? All right. I believe that this is a powerful, transformational word that if you catch a hold of death, burial, and resurrection, you will experience an open heaven. And when you learn how to talk to the devil... When you come out of that grave, what are you looking for, ladies? He's not there anymore. I have risen. Oh, what are you looking for? Thomas touched my hand. I have risen. When the enemy comes and tells you and he says, no, 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 you're defeated. No, you can say, no, I already came out of my grave. I'm bought with a price. I am a son. I'm a child of God. When the devil stares you down in your face, you can say, do you know who I am? Oh, man. No, 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 you don't understand. You're hearing like, oh, we're going to get excited and yell when we're around Walmart and Target about Jesus. No, 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 you're missing the point. When you get excited and fired up and learn how to speak to your circumstance and learn how to come out of your grave, when you learn how to be who God's called you to be, it's because you're going to respond to God, communicate to God, communicate to heaven and hell itself. And the Bible says that God, 
I hear it. I hear it, Josh. God cannot deny himself. So when you start speaking and you know you died, you know you were buried, you know you rose again, and you begin to speak to heaven and hell itself, all of heaven has to respond to who you are because God cannot deny who he is. Oh, give God a shout of praise if you believe it and if you know who you are. God has risen you. God has risen you. God has risen you. Woo. I don't know if I want you to stay standing or sit. I don't know. I don't know where I'm at yet. How much time we got? We started at what, what time? 10.30? Oh, we got another half hour, 45 minutes. I, you can sit or stand, whatever you want to do. But I, I just feel like... God is trying to speak to somebody today because we, we see this in scripture and we see how people, oh man, they, they look at God, Jesus and they're like, well, Jesus could do it. I don't know if I can. Jesus did, but I don't know. Do I, oh, pastor, I'm, I'm not feeling what everybody else is feeling. When did feelings have anything to do with faith? First of all, Second of all, isn't that what Jesus said? Jesus said this. Jesus, Jesus said, hey, guys, I'm going to teach you again what I taught you in Mark 1, what I taught you on the cross, what I taught you in the grave. I'm going to do it again. And now as Jesus is getting ready to ascend in the cloud, and he said, I'll be coming back on a cloud. As he's going up into the cloud, he says, go and separate yourself and bury yourself in an upper room. And when you bury yourself in an upper room, the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, oh, Holy Spirit, help me preach. He said, Said when the day of Pentecost had fully come and they were all in one place, in one accord, separated, buried. The Bible says there came a sound from heaven. Heaven tore open. And the Bible says that a sound like a mighty rushing wind filled the whole place. And what they all felt and what Peter could see and all of a sudden now, what they all could hear. See, the Bible says that uh, sat upon them, each one of them, as of cloven tongues of fire. So they saw. Remember, there's a look and there's a sound. There's a look and there's a sound. Sound of heaven is a mighty rushing wind. The sound of heaven is a trumpet saying time to come home. The sound of heaven is a battle cry. The sound of heaven is worship. The look of heaven is saying, I'm giving you power and authority. I'm giving you dominion. I'm giving you elevation and possession. I'm giving you courage and strength and passion. I'm, I'm setting it on you. Oh. Yeah, stay standing. I, I'm, you're already standing. I'm, I, feel, I feel the spirit moving. If you got somebody in your way, push them out of the way if you need to pray for a little bit. I believe I want to pray for miracles. If somebody needs a miracle in this house, we prayed the other day and I prayed for somebody and their leg was healed and their back was healed and cancer was delivered. Literally, this is the last two weeks I'm talking about. We're praying for miracles, signs, and wonders, and we're talking about an open heaven. And we all, can I ask you a question? Have you ever prayed for revival? Come on, admit it, you sinner. You, we've all prayed it. Like, be allowed. Well, we've all we prayed for revival. If you don't know what revival means, it brings to bring back. That, see, gee, God uses certain terms throughout the Bible. He's, he uses words like redeemed, restored, renewed. Why? Because He's bringing it out, He's bringing it back. And, and, and when he does that, he's, he's changing. We all want to pray for revival, but in order to have revival, you must bring something that once was 
dead now to life. And we want to, we want, we want the life, but we don't want to die. We want the, we want the, we want the church to stay the same, but get better. We want our life to stay the same, but get better. We want our family to continue to be dysfunctional, but get better somehow. And God is saying, you are going to have to let some things die today. And when you let it die, your old prejudice and preference. Oh, I want to come to church once a month. I want to pray every once in a while. Until your way dies, you will never experience open heavens. People want to hear the voice of God, but don't want to go through the death and the burial. I, I want God to move. So you, some of you longtime believers in here, let me ask you a question. When was the last time you felt open heavens over your life? Probably around the same time you let something die in your life. When you let something die, Abraham had to do it with Isaac. David had to do it. Job had to do it. Job was let everything die in his life. And then Job is walking in the woods by himself, feeling like he's going to lose his mind and has lost everything. And he sees a dead tree cut down. And yet there was a stream running by. And he said, oh, there is hope. Because even a dead tree at the smell or the scent of water can come to life again. Oh, I, my, life can, my life can be put back together. My life can be good. My life can do something incredible. My life can be better. My life can be new. My life can be a brand new creation. My marriage, my finances, every area of my life. I know I've got you standing for outside. You guys going to stand? No, I'm just kidding. You guys can stay. See, I love you. I'm looking at you. I can see you. I want to pray for you. Let's pray. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you right now for every life and heart and mind. In person, online, inside, outside, sitting, standing. There are so many hearts that are prepared and open. I pray right now that somebody who's waited so long to let something go, today's the day you get to let it die. And when you let it die, new life can come. Don't mourn for me on this side if you see me go. Don't mourn when you see me buried because I'm already on the other side. Lord, in Jesus' name, let somebody experience the revelation of death, burial, and resurrection that they might feel the open heavens above them. Oh, we want open heavens above Flagstaff. We want open heavens above State of Arizona. We want open heavens, God, Lord, over our nation. We want open heavens over Bridge Church. God, pour out a blessing. Make us an example. I pray that the blessing would pour out. We would see it and everybody would hear about it. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you. This wasn't a reaction. This is a response to the plan that you already had in place long before we knew. And we're not just gonna come to Easter and look pretty anymore. We're gonna sacrifice. Oh, it's a sacrifice to show up. It's a sacrifice to pray. It's a sacrifice to be consistent. It's a sacrifice to be disciplined. It's a sacrifice, but that sacrifice is what we are called and created and meant to be. And Lord, I thank you, God, that we are going to lay down our life, lay our mind. In fact, if, with every head bowed and every eye closed right now, if this message spoke to you today, I want you to shoot your hand up all over this place, all over online, outside right now. Go ahead. If you're seated outside, stretch your hand up. I'm going to pray for you. The Lord sees your heart. The Lord sees your life and says, you know what? I want to minister to you. I want to almost every single hand is raised. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, Lord, that this message 
is gone onto good soil and it's gonna transform and change lives. And Lord, we are gonna let something die, but new life is coming, new life is coming, new life is coming. And Lord, I pray right now that we would rededicate our life, surrender our life. Lord, first time maybe, Lord, we're dedicating and declaring you Lord of our life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Oh, I gotta share something to, just to, with you real quick before we dismiss. Of course, we've mentioned it a hundred times and I feel like I say it a thousand times. My wife is pregnant, which is awesome. She's at 18 weeks. But what I'm learning about, what I'm learning about is in the first trimester, my wife has this little app. It tells us how fast the baby's growing. It's like, oh, the baby's the size of a blueberry today. Oh, the baby's the size of a Pop-Tart today. And it like grows and the fingernails and all this, the hearing, the, and it grows. In the first trimester, the womb is this whole world. In the second trimester, the womb is this whole world. In the third trimester, the, the womb is its whole world. And, and that's all it knows, but it knows how to eat and breathe. It knows how to grow, it knows how to stretch, it knows how to move, it knows how to hear, it knows how to it all It has all this, it's amazing, the baby's growing in there. But at the end of the third trimester, the baby must die to the womb and be born into a new dimension, into a new world, into a new creation, into a new, oh. I, I can, can you hear when I'm preaching? Well, when you get born again, all of a sudden you start breathing like you never thought you could. All of a sudden you start growing like you never thought. You got ability and strength and power like you never thought possible because you can only grow so far in the old life. But in the new life that Christ has given you, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, I can overcome. I can grow, I can be fruitful. In blessings, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply you. From glory to glory, victory to victory, line upon line, precept upon precept, I will build you. And you start stretching like, oh, Max, I, I got talents I never thought I had. Oh, somebody needs to take a deep breath right now. You're about to live a better life than you ever thought you could. You're gonna stretch, you're gonna grow, you're gonna become greater than you ever thought you could, and God is gonna take you to a greater dimension and a greater glory because you're gonna let the old life die. And you're gonna let new life be born. New life, new life, new life, new life, new life, new life. If you're not already standing, stand with me. We're gonna dismiss. But I wanna pray for anybody who wants to receive Jesus Christ into their heart today for the first time. And we're gonna do that. But before I do that, I wanna pray for miracles. I promised I would. I felt the Holy Spirit leading me to. And I'm gonna pray for miracles, signs, and wonders right now. And if you need a miracle, maybe it's financial. Make sure you tell us when God answers it this week. If it's marital, if, if it's in your kids, what are, where does the miracle do? In fact, let's bow our heads and close our eyes right now. I wanna find out who needs a miracle, who needs a healing and who needs a touch from God right now. Raise your hand, shoot your hand up. If you need a miracle, oh God, we need an outpouring of heaven. Tear heaven open. I am thankful for a God who will tear heaven open for me, who will render the heavens and pour out a blessing that we cannot contain. Just like you tore the veil from the top to the bottom, you are opening heaven and touching earth. And Lord, I thank you, God, that you are gonna open up 
of heaven. Every hand raised, every heart that's open right now, here and online, inside and outside. Somebody needs a miracle of God. If it's a physical miracle, put, uh, physical miracle, put your hand on the place that it hurts or you're wounded or whatever it may be, and I want to pray for it right now. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray for physical miracles right now. Healings in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for Mark's back in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be strengthened and made whole in the name of Jesus. I thank you that open heavens, God, are coming on us. God, Lord, open heavens are about to shower down on us. And Lord, we thank you that you tore open heaven just for us. And Lord, I pray for miracles to happen in marriages, in children. Lord, I pray that in their finances, God. Lord, I pray that deliverance would take place. Oh, if somebody's got a family member that is oppressed and possessed by the enemy, I pray for deliverance. The Bible says that Jesus would cast out every demon. And when you say the name of Jesus, every demon's got to flee. And Lord, right now, we pray for deliverance. Holy Spirit, right now. Right now, deliver them, deliver them, deliver them, deliver our nation. Lord, deliver our state, deliver our city. I pray for signs and wonders to follow. I pray so many signs and wonders follow that those who are even under the sound of my voice that still battle doubt and they have the foolishness to think, to laugh at God as if he would do it, to laugh at church as if it could happen, I pray right now, God, Lord, you would do just like you did with Sarah and bring a miracle, just like you did with those who thought it couldn't happen and do a sign and a miracle, God, Lord, that would show them and say, oh my God, I was wrong. God is alive. God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. A miracle, signs, and wonders. And I thank you, God, that you are gonna speak to your children, Lord, who are laying down their life, laying down their life, laying down their life, being buried. And now somebody's gonna come up out of that grave. Somebody's gonna come up out of their darkness. Somebody's gonna come up out of their obscurity. Somebody's gonna come out of their isolation. Somebody is gonna come out of it and they're gonna come out of it and step into the light, into that resurrection power. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you wanna surrender your life to Jesus, maybe it's for the first time, maybe it's for the hundredth time, but you need to rededicate your life to the Lord because you never really died to begin with. And if you need to die today and say, Lord, I surrender my life, I lay it down that I may be buried with you so I can be risen with you, then today is your day. Today's your day where you dedicate your life to the Lord and he is gonna eternally put your name in the Lamb's book of life. If that's you today, with nobody looking around, here and online, inside, outside, I want right now, if that's you, I want you to shoot your hand up right now. We're going to pray for you. Lord and Jesus, thank you for all those hands. Keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. Yeah, that's awesome, that's awesome. Keep them up. We're praying, keep them up. Yeah, keep them up. Those outside, I see you. Keep them up, keep them up. Lord, in Jesus' name, I see you online. God's watching you. Keep your hand raised. And I want everybody under the sound of my voice to repeat this prayer with me because those who have your hands raised and your heart open, guess what? You're not alone anymore. You're with a band of brothers and sisters in Christ. You are part of the body of Christ and you'll never walk this walk alone again. And right now, we're gonna speak this with bold declarative power from the unction of the Holy Spirit. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I receive you now. I let the old man go. And I'm made new. In Christ, you are my Savior. You are my Heavenly Father. You are my friend. I am forever yours. 
and I am saved. In Jesus' name, everybody shouted amen. Amen, amen. Come on, come on, come on. Let's give God a real praise. Smile. People gave their life to Jesus today. They laid it down today. The heaven opened today. And God is saying, I'm pouring out a blessing. You're not alone in this anymore. I'm giving you a church and a pastor. I'm giving you brothers and sisters in Christ. You don't have to walk alone anymore. We get to do this together. Because the enemy, oh, that's his job, isn't it? Get you to feel like you're not really a part of that, are you? That's not really your thing, is it? Because if he can get you to deceive yourself, which is where you first will believe your own lie, then he can isolate you to yourself. And when he's got you alone, he can then deal with you. Even the devil knew I gotta wait for Jesus to be alone. Even the devil knew he would need Job to be torn down and alone. Even the, the devil knows isolation will kill you. Psalms chapter one says, be careful, don't sit down alone with him. Don't sit down in the seat of the scornful or the mocker. Be careful. They'll get you in a conversation and you'll lose your life. Be weary. Stay together. We're stronger together. We're better together. We're risen together. We're alive together. The heavens are open above us and God tore open heaven for you. I love that we serve a God who will tear heaven up just for me. Can we give God a last praise right now and just thank him? God, you're good. God, you're good. God, you're great. up one more time for the word. Amen. So powerful. So powerful. So many things that I'm taking away from today that I just need to, you know, soak up a little bit more. And wow, just such an amazing day. Happy Easter once again. We're so thankful that you took time to be here to worship together. It's so important that we worship together. Everything that you were saying about isolation, Pastor, it's the truth. That's what the devil wants to do. He wants to get you alone and say his stupid stuff yep. to get you to believe it because you, you're, you're alone. And you don't have anybody say, that's garbage. You're a champ. I believe in you. You're anointed. You're wonderful. So it's important that we worship together. And we are bridge builders. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Amen. Let's, Let's have a say, great Easter. Yeah. And then make sure you're here for next Sunday. Uh, I got a great word from you. And we're going to continue our Beyond series. It's powerful. So next Sunday we'll be at Lake Mary. We're back at Lake right. Mary at our main campus. So let's speak this back bridge at, declaration. Amen. Let's say this together. Say, I am, am a bridge, bridge builder. builder. This, this is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. We are so glad that you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision today, whether that be dedicating your life to Christ for the first time or rededicating your life to Christ, email us at info at wearebridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you are joining our Bridge Church online family for the very first time, we have a special gift for you. 
Email us at info at wearebridge.church to share some information so we can get that gift out to you. We're so happy that you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. Make sure to stay connected because we are so much better together.